Hello, I'm Zephora, and this is Talking Blind. We are in Season 4, where we will be discussing you doing you in the areas of socialization, education, employment, living skills, assistive technology, children and families, and so much more. I hope you enjoy our up-and-coming episode. Please stay tuned. wonderful weekend. Welcome to Monday. Um, You know, I really got to get used to this once a week thing. I I just feel like sometimes I'm missing out on a little something. You know, just knowing that I'm doing a podcast on a Friday, it just kind of allows you to let your hair down and, you know, just kind of, I don't know. (laughs) It's probably just me. But um, I hope you've been enjoying my Monday episodes and I am hoping you're going to enjoy learning a little more about me. Um, I get some questions every now and then in the emails and um, someone told me, hey, you know what? Since you're doing um, a season on you doing you, why don't you finally do you and tell us a um you know, in detail a little bit more. So I hope you uh, enjoy this episode. I do have some um, announcements, surprise announcements of some of the things I've been working on. So uh, stay tuned. guest was born and raised in California. She has lived in Georgia, Florida, Nevada, and now in Alabama. Margaret has two beautiful daughters, two beautiful granddaughters, and a handsome grandson. Margaret has been blind for 21 years. She has a degree in mass communications as well as a number of certificates, one in family rights advocacy, another in partners in policy advocacy for developmental disabilities, as well as one in entrepreneurial excellence. She also holds a master's certification for restaurant management, as well as a SurfSafe certification. Margaret has sat on a number of boards throughout the community. She has chaired for many years the Board for Nevada Disability Advocacy and Law Center as well as set on the board for National Federation of the Blind Nevada. Throughout her journey, Margaret has learned a lot about herself as well as the blind community. And here to tell you a lot more about her and her journey, your host of Talking Blind, me. I am so glad to be sharing my story with you. Um, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm going to try my best to do it the same way I do when I have someone else on my show. 
So I'm going to start off by telling you a little bit about um, my vision loss and um, how things came about. Okay, so to let you know, I have actually two disabilities. Um, at the age of three, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Um, I had a slip and fall in the tub and um, I had to be, um, I guess I had a reaction. And so I was airlifted to uh, Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, California. And there they, you know, I guess did all kind of tests from what I was told. Um, again, this is secondhand information. Um, and um, so I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. I spent a lot of my younger years um, in the hospital. Uh, I can remember uh, one day going through the photo album and seeing a picture of me as a young child behind bars. <laughs> And I wondered what that picture was. And uh, it was a picture of of me and the hospital. Um, and because I was so young, you know, they have those, I guess, crib type beds for uh, younger children. So um, that's what that picture was. And so um, I, I've had a, a, a few uh, issues with that, but that's another story. Um, I, I only said that to to say that it was I have never been told 100% um, I may have been told to my parents my parents just didn't relay a lot of information uh, about my childhood to me so um, that may have been um, what caused my eye condition um, so around the age of six I started having trouble with my eyes and um, I ended up with a detached retina I have no idea honestly um, to this day I cannot remember when that came about um, I just know for so many years I was uh, going back and forth to the eye doctor um, having cataract surgeries on both eyes um, and uh, so I primarily used my left eye um, until about the age of uh, 15 and um, I was having a, a lot of trouble with my eyes and uh, my my doctor um, that I had been seeing pretty much most of my life uh, he had moved away and so I had a new doctor and I'll never forget it uh, Mr. Uh, Dr. Johns uh, Loma Linda University uh, he put patches over both of my eyes and um I had to wear them for I don't know a week maybe two weeks and um he told me that if I did not start taking better care of my eyes that is exactly how I was going to live the rest of my life and uh at the age of 15 that was very traumatic for me because uh I had to you know try to get around home and neighbors and friends coming over I didn't want to no one to see me like that or um, things like that so 
and and his reason for doing that is because I was having a lot of um, eye pressure and so he ended up having to put a shunt in my left eye to help drain the fluid and so after that um, I, I, I had pretty good vision once that was put in place um, I was able to I've, I've driven um, maybe not with a actual license because I still couldn't pass the vision test <laughs> But I did drive, um, and um, <laughs> I've um, I was able to see regular print. So um, I did have to wear glasses um, all all my life. Um, might as well say from about seven years old until I, I lost my sight totally. Um, and so with that being said um let's fast on fast forward on down the road to <laughs> when i did lose my um my sight totally um as i said uh, i was i had you know stable vision um it wasn't any issues as far as i can remember um so around i want to say around 24 uh i decided to go back to school because i had one daughter uh, my oldest was in preschool and my youngest was old enough to be cared for by someone and and so um, her dad would keep her while I was in school and so um, you know one day I was actually walking across campus um, running late for my next class and I dropped my books and I reached down to pick them up and when I did and I came up, all I seen was, you know, red. My eyes were just red. And I was kind of like freaked out because I didn't know what, what was going on. But, you know, I stood there for a minute, blinked my eyes a couple of times or whatever. And it, it kind of cleared up. And I, I went ahead, you know, me being me, I went ahead and went to class. Um, but I did contact my doctor uh, after and let them know what had happened and they told me to you know get there as soon as possible so I, I left campus at the end of my classes and I took a cab over uh, to the eye doctor and they they looked in my eye and then they did an ultrasound on my eye and that's when they found the blood clot and so they you know told me that um they needed to have a specialist take a look at it to see about removing the blood clot and so um it was about two weeks before I seen the, the specialist and um when I did you know he looked in my eyes and he basically told me that there was nothing that he could do because the blood had blood clot had squished the nerve in my eye and so um <clears throat> so you know, I'll never forget that day because um, when we got back in the car, um, even though when I walked in there, I couldn't see anything but either black or red. And, you know, um, it would alternate black and red. And uh, I still had my glasses on. Um, and at that moment, I sat in the car and I took off my glasses and I put them in the little slot on the side of the door and uh turned to my friend and I said you know um all these years I hated having to wear these glasses but 
now I wish I could. And um, that 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 was a a turning point for me because um, I, again I had just started back going to school and you know I had little ones at home and I just was trying to figure out what in the heck am I going to do now. So we'll see just what I end up having to do. Stay tuned. If you like talking black, hit the donate button. So as I've been saying, um, I've been blind for 21 years now. Um, The thing about that is I went blind uh, two weeks after, basically two weeks after I turned 24. So that year, um, I was able to, you know, see, I went shopping on my own um, and got my daughter's uh, Christmas gifts. But unfortunately, um, when Christmas came around, I was unable to see them open them. So that was very hard, uh, trying time for me. Um, Throughout all that, uh, I was also in a lot of pain because uh, the blood clot was um, still there. And uh, so I went through a lot of uh, aches and pain. My eye uh, was, I mean, you couldn't even touch it. It was so sore. Uh, One day it it really hurt me because I was holding my uh, one and a half year old and um, she reached out for me, but she touched my eye and I threw her literally. Um, before I realized uh, I had let go. But uh, in the same instance, because I do have quick reflexes, I tossed her and grabbed her all at the same time. Um, The reality for me was, oh my goodness, I almost threw my baby across the room, honestly, because she touched my eye and I was in that much pain. Um, It was uh, was, uh, was surreal, honestly. uh, I I was distraught, I was very hurt. for a while I didn't even know how to interact with my children because I was afraid of um, something like that happening and me not reacting or having the reflexes to you know stop it in time so um, you know I, I I started asking for more assistance with you know uh, caring for my my kids and um, you know I knew that I, this was uh it was holding me back and I needed to figure out you know how to continue to do things um you know I I did get depressed it wasn't as bad because I was still living in my same home so you know I I knew my room I knew everything around it um again uh I had a cane already uh so I, I just pulled it out Unfortunately, I didn't get like mobility lessons and braille lessons um, back then when I first lost my sight. Even though I was connected with vocational rehabilitation um, because I was going back to school and they were uh, assisting me with uh, technology and things like that. Um, 
you know, that wasn't, as far as I can remember, that wasn't even offered after I lost my sight. The only thing that was done after I lost my sight was they came and picked up some of the equipment that they had purchased me because I wasn't able to use it anymore because I wasn't able to see. Um, and, you know, I told them that, you know, I don't know how I'm going to go to school or whatever, but I do still need to provide for my children. Um, they put me in a, a job. I thought it was supposed to have been training or whatever. Um, later on, it was it was basically a goodwill. And the only reason it wasn't as, as bad as uh, what I've heard from some people is because uh, I was actually... I guess I would say I was basically subcontracted because it was for a battery company that was in uh, in Georgia at the time, and they had um, their battery casings that needed to be inspected, but their regular inspectors couldn't couldn't catch the the defects in it, and so uh, some kind of way they they thought blind people could feel them feel the casings um, better than the eye could see it so um, it was very interesting uh, I, I got really good at it and it was like a piece rate thing um, but for me I you know I made decent money because I was able to do it quickly because I do have a very good sense of touch um, and I found a little sneaky way of finding the little lines and cracks and I used to use the tip of my nail but <laughs> um, to say the least I, I moved on from there and I did some factory work but that just it didn't sit well in my spirit it just it just wasn't for me and um you know I used to before I lost my sight I used to draw and um I used to write poetry and those were things that I did whenever I had problems in my life or whatever the case may be and it would help me get through those things however um being blind I just again I didn't have braille skills or anything like that and I found myself writing down a lot of things but I uh, never could go back and read them so um, it was kind of like kicking myself in the head sometimes I really felt like it so I one day uh, you know called around because I, I do remember like I said um, I didn't get the formal training but you know I hear bits and pieces you know at times from different people or different places and I remember somebody telling me that there was a something out there for uh, people that can you know help them with the computer or uh, things like that so I uh, I called around and the weirdest thing is so um, I met so um, my, my man um, while I was doing that that uh that's time at the goodwill because he was there because he had two shattered hips and he was there for like a um light duty type work and um so we we met that way and we started you know hanging out and you know we both wanted to to make a change and you know um being that i used to go down to panama city and and go to the beach and i enjoy going there you know i thought about you know, I always told myself that I was going to someday move there. Well, me and him got to talking and, you know, he used to work out that way. And so we decided that, you know, one day we were going to, you know, think about going that way. So I started looking into things for blind people out there. And I called um, the rehab services in Panama City. And I will never forget 
um, because he was my savior. And I, I will say it probably for the rest of my life, um, Mr. Chris Collins uh, at the uh, Blind Services in Panama City, Florida. I called and you know he explained to me about this program called JAWS and it was job access with speech and they could give me some computer training and I can probably go to work doing you know um, medical transcription or uh, office work or you know something like that and even though that wasn't like um, my goal in life I knew I could at least get a job and take care of my kids and you know he was so inviting you know he said hey you know if you want to learn how to get you know do things being blind i can if you if you ever move here i can send you to daytona and i can get you braille training mobility training um training on jobs to help you get a job and you can you know you can live a successful life and you know, I listened to that, and a couple of, I want to say a couple of months later, um, my man went out uh, to Panama City to see about getting a job. Um, now, he got a job there, and we we went, we packed up everything, and we just went, you know. Um, that's one thing that me and him had in common, you know, we weren't afraid to go, and so... We rented a room on the out on, um, on Panama in Panama City, and we we kind of told the kids it was like a little vacation, you know. <laughs> um, so we stayed in a hotel for about I don't know, maybe three weeks, maybe it might have been a little longer than that, but about three three weeks to a month, and then we got a nice little apartment, um, and so we we lived there, and um, that was in 2000. And true to his word, Chris sent me to Daytona School for the Blind uh, October of that year. And I will tell you, I was in tears. <laughs> Honestly, I won't tell you a lie. I was in tears, literally, um, probably the first couple of days I was there. Um, I had never been away from my children ever since they were the day they were born. Um, I, I just didn't know. I, I, I just felt like I was, um, I don't know, a bad mom for leaving her children. And I, I boohooed. I cried like a baby. Um, I stayed in my room. I didn't want to really interact, you know, after they showed me around and everything, I kind of just went off to myself and I, I just was like, I cannot do this. This is not me. I cannot be around these people. Um, and you know I decided you know what okay uh all right you know I, I usually talk to myself and give myself some pep talk and I'm like okay Margo and um it's time to get yourself together and go do what you need to do oh just by the way okay so Margo is my childhood nickname my mom named me Margo um all my life I've been Margo Margaret was only on documented papers uh I was named after my grandmother who my mom did not really care for that much, so she did not care for the name. However, my dad wanted me to be named after um, his mom and um, my aunt uh, Zipporah. I got Zipporah from my aunt. I'm not um, I, to this day. I don't. Uh, I don't know if it was a, a middle name or a first name, 
but that's where he said uh, Zipporah came from, which actually my dad calls me Zipporia, which there is no I in my name or you know so it's just kind of weird but anywho back to what I was saying so I told myself enough is enough um you really have to do this you have to be able to take care of your kids and take care of yourself you know um so one day I finally you know pushed my little tears aside and um I went out to the lunchroom and I walked you know walked through the line to grab my food and um I you know, went over to a table, they, you know, showed me where a seat was, and I sat down, and I picked at my food, and oh my goodness, I did not want to be there, (laughs) Um, and then I had some people, you know, talk to me at the table, and, you know, we got into, like, a small little discussion, and, you know, I said, okay, and then I went on back to my room, and I, I thought about some things. Now, I will say that I'm going to fast forward through this because it is uh, quite a long time. Um, But in that process, I did learn Braille. I learned Braille really quickly. Um, Again, because I had an understanding of what Braille was. So I went through grade one and two really quickly. And my instructor, she said she was so excited because I caught on so well and so quickly that she finally gets a chance to teach someone grade three. And I said, "Uh, yeah, no, I I think this is enough for me right now. because my goal really was to learn those computer skills you know I wanted that job I wanted to be able to take care of my kids and so um so I you know I took the classes the the home ec and um you know part of the home ec program I really was irritated because I had been cooking you know all my life even though I was visually impaired now um I've been cooking since I was what 10 11 years old but um and I was finding things that they had an instructor that was supposed to teach me how to do these independent living skills and how to clean and cook. And I'm finding things that aren't clean. And I'm trying to point out to this person that these things aren't clean and this is, needs to be done. And this and this was early on, you know, and um, I didn't pay that no attention. And then they had this counseling class and I just kind of was like, ah, OK, I understand the kind of the, you know, the counseling thing. But what about, you know, everyday society when we walk out here in the streets and we're dealing with this and we're dealing with that? And they wasn't teaching that. And so I got a little group together from time to time and we went up in one of the little rooms and we had our own little meeting. And um, to say the least, a lot of that stuff comes natural to me. And I didn't realize it at that time. Um and that's when, you know, throughout that is when I met my girl, Tishara. Um, you know, we started hanging out and we started talking and we found out, you know, we had a lot of similarities. You know, we had, you know, things that we had dealt with in our past. And we, you know, we were there at the program trying to, you know, get something that we neither one of us felt like we were getting at the time. Um, we were told that we were going to get certain things and it just wasn't coming together like that. Um, but we met her we started hanging out we used to go over to the uh what is it bethune college and uh they used to have like their their uh practices for their um concerts and things like that so we used to go over there and watch them practice and listen and have a good time and come back to the campus dancing and singing and we just you know really had to make it um good for us you know um you know i met quite a few people there like i said that have shaped who um, I've become over this last 21 years journey um, but I will say something that really irritated me while I was there was um, in order to get into JAWS um, 
or whatever, I had to basically um, be able to type a certain uh, speed. And that's fine, and I understand that. Um, however, I have a, a, a test anxiety, so I get nervous when people are standing over me. Now, my instructor understood that. She realized that one day when she asked me to type something, and she was standing over me, and I was just having so much trouble. And she said, I don't understand this. I watch, I see you, you know, and you... You fly across that keyboard. And so she one day said, okay, go ahead and I'm going to do it. And, you know, and she said, I'll be right back, you know, just practice. And so she walked to the door and without my knowledge of her standing at the door watching me, you know, I began to type and I, she timed me at that time. So she had a record of my speed when somebody wasn't watching. So she let them know that she, she goes, she has the same problem I have, you know, um, when somebody's over me, I can't get my job done, but they walk away from me and I can get everything done that I need to get done. Um, and she recommended that I still took the, the class. However, they didn't. Um, and I also have, you know, issues with my arthritis in my hands. So, you know, I have a couple of different factors that, you know, go against me. However, I never thought that should stop me from learning JAWS. I can understand that slowing me down from doing like medical transcription, but not to actually learn the concept of uh, the technology. So um, they didn't put me in that class right away. And so I had to fill my time that I thought was best for me. So I just created my own little um classes I, I started taking like type and speak so I can work on my typing and learn technology and you know just little things like that um and you know after a while I had been there for <clears throat> a couple of months and I, I let's see uh I and I said you know to myself that this is not gonna do it this this is really not gonna do it for me I really need to get back to my kids they're not giving me what they said um I had even went into the uh, apartment style program and you know just all those different things and so um I you know talked to my counselor and I said look Chris I need to get home to my kids you know I've been here long enough doesn't look like they're going to put me in the jobs program you know he didn't like the situation that they had did because he, he understood and you know he agreed with the the teacher so anyway um so Chris said you know what we'll we'll get you taken care of you know and I went home um and I said goodbye to the program, unfinished, but I, I knew grade two braille, so that was accomplishment. I had mobility lessons, that was accomplishment. Um, so I, I actually learned, you know, two really good skills to get me started. And like I said, I'll never forget, forget Chris, he was awesome. Um, he purchased a computer for me he purchased printer, braille printer, scanner, scanner program, um, you know, Kurzweil, and he brought it to my house. And he said, do not be afraid of this computer. He said, play with it, listen to these tapes, learn it, and I know that you can do it because, you know, I see it in you. So he gave me all the tapes that I needed to learn JAWS, and along I went, and I practiced, and I taught myself how to use the computer and how to use JAWS and um, and that was how that started off now it wasn't you know all you know easy and everything I had my difficulties JAWS at that time like I said 20 years ago exactly 20 years ago um, 20 years ago it wasn't as, as advanced and as as good as it is now you know it, it, there was a lot of things that jaws didn't read and um 
and and so I, that's where um, my man and my kids came in hand and you know they would do all kind of things for me and once I got you know I guess comfortable enough I said you know what let me see if I can go back to school and try this this school thing again because there's no way I could do anything else without getting an education um I'm gonna tell you my my goal for going to school has always been to, to prove that I can do it honestly it wasn't always about getting a piece of paper um I mean it was more about proving to myself that I can do it because I had this thing that I wasn't meant to get a degree um and the reason being is I'm gonna go back just a little bit when I graduated from high school again I started to go to school because like I said my dad just knew I was supposed to be a lawyer because I would argue things down all the time and so that was my goal to go to school um and so I started I had just started a program um going I had started going to college and uh I found out I was pregnant so um I had to stop because I didn't know how to do that um being pregnant and then as you know I decided later on to go back to school um and I said you know what I'm good with numbers I'm gonna take this quick little tech program and I'm gonna become an accountant and I know I can still afford to take care of my kids well that school um closed down and their credits wasn't accredited so I couldn't transfer them anywhere and so that kind of (laughs) sucked and then I found out I was pregnant with my second daughter so again I put school on hold um and so the year that I went blind was actually my third attempt to going back to college. And as you see, I went blind and had to stop again. So in my mind, three strikes and you're out, right? So um, this time uh, I was like, I, I want to try it again. So I enrolled in Gulf Coast um, College and I decided, you know what, I'm going to help out the world and the community. And again, I didn't know what I was doing. So I decided to go into sociology because I'm thinking that's about society and I can work and help people, you know, and (laughs) that was my idea. So I took some classes and, you know, I I did fairly okay. Um, They got me a note taker uh, for some of my classes. They, you know, I recorded a lot of things and you know, um, I had a friend, uh, Vanessa, that was actually attending nursing program there. So I would have, you know, ride to school and ride from school. And so it was, it was actually kind of working out for me. Um, the kids were um, both in, in school. Uh, so I was able to do it and my man was working. And so it was, it, it was starting to all come together. At least that's what I thought. Right. <laughs> so um, it was, you know, it was pretty good. And we decided that, you know, um, my man um, was offered another job. And so we moved out to Tampa um, and I wasn't quite done with my semester. So what he did was he went out there first and he looked around and everything um, again. And then me and the girls went out there. And once again, for the second time in this blind world, I had to leave my children um, because they needed to be in school. So um, we enrolled them in school. Um, we actually was blessed with a uh, babysitter because she came running across the street uh, and introduced herself to us as we were moving in. So she, uh, Kira, which ended up being 
like an adopted daughter to me. Um, she was, I think, 15 at the time. And so she became the girl's babysitter after school. So that allowed me <clears throat> to go back to Panama City and finish that semester of schooling. And so that's what I did. Um, I left my man and my kids in Tampa, Florida, and I went back to Panama City. Um, and then after that semester was over, I joined them in Tampa. Uh, I took a little, I, I want to say I took a little time off, <clears throat> and then I enrolled in um, college there. And oh, once again, here I go. I, I transfer, I'm going to tell you, I transfer majors a lot. So now I am getting a degree in communication. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> that's what I ended up getting my degree in, in is in communications. Um, after that, I transferred over to the University of South Florida to study gerontology because there are two passions in my life. Um, at least that's what I thought at the time. Old people and children. And I was going to work with either one. And being that I have found so many elderly people being discarded and treated wrong, I wanted to open up my own elderly daycare. And um, it wasn't like a regular daycare. It was just, it was all, it was all plazaed out. And I did that back in 2008. I still have my business plan to this day, all the way written out, all the way together. But I didn't want to just start a business. I wanted to know what it need what elderly people needed so I decided to study gerontology so through those studies um I you know I did pretty good I, I found that my blindness came back um I want to say to um I, I wanted to say at that time to haunt me but no it came back to empower me um that I know now um you know, I had some experiences, um, and I've told you about those experiences uh, when I uh, got turned around and I had to finally stop whispering to people and started yelling out, excuse me, to get some help. Um, and that was the day I started learning to open up a little more and be a little more boisterous in my blindness. Um, and if you, you know, want to know more about that story, it's on one of my episodes. I have to get that to you later. Um, but again, you know, once again, I'm, I'm in school and, you know, things are progressing. And um, my nephew, one of my, he was the my, the firstborn and he was, uh, he was shot and paralyzed and he was going through some things. And I had told him that, you know, he needed to talk to somebody. And I told him I was there and I told him I, I whenever he was ready, I would be there for him. And that was a promise I made to him. Nobody knows that promise but me and him. You know, we had a connection. Um, and uh, he called me one day to tell me, you know, that he found out he had a son. <clears throat> and he said, Auntie, I don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm in this chair. I, I can't, you know, he's, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, you can do it. I said, you're going to have to pull your strength from him. He's going to be your inspiration. I said, just like my kids were my inspiration when I lost my sight. And <clears throat> I'm sorry, I can't get too, into too much with that. But anywho, talking to him, um, I I had a lot going on with my, my life as well. And I knew he needed me. And so I decided that I was going to go back to California at that time. And uh, 
my job was gonna get ready to close i was uh working at going to school yes and i was also working um for a call center um doing morale calls for the military and uh air force base um and um and so our contract they were going to be closing and going automated and so we were going to end our contract in july however my nephew needed me and it was february and i wasn't quite done with my semester of school and um and i I wasn't quite done with my job but i was told i needed to go and i felt it in my spirit and everything about me so i started making plans to make it to um California one way or the other and a lot of people don't know this story and so this is actually kind of the first time I'm sharing a lot of this um because um a lot of people think it was some for other reasons but he was my main reason and uh, I'm glad I went when I went because that same year um you know uh he passed away um, before the contract was over um, and had I stayed in Tampa until the contract was over um, I wouldn't have got a chance to see and spend time with my nephew before he passed away and uh, so you know um, I, I would never trade that time or stopping going to school for anything and so I haven't finished my degree and I struggled with that for many years and I've done all kind of things you know I've gone out and I've taken classes and programs and um, I've, I've helped other people um, I've, I've advocated for people I've uh, taken advocacy classes um, and you know I've worked within agencies getting to know people so that I can help other people find the things that they need to find and that was my goal um, you know okay so um i was just running my mouth and it was just all coming out so uh after i looked at this episode it was quite long so i had to cut it and so i'm going to end it here however please stay tuned for announcements and um a few little tidbits and come back and finish listening to my journey next Monday. Okay, get those creative juices flowing. I have decided that Talking Blind is going to be around for a while. And I am going to need a permanent intro and closing. And so I am coming to you, my listeners, to create me a new intro and closing of Talking Blind. If you're interested in creating that for me and you sing or you um, write, uh, you have a nice voice, or you just want to contribute something to the way Talking Blind opens or closes, then send me a one minute to a minute and a half recording to talkingblind2020 at gmail.com no later than September the 1st. Me and my team will listen to the entries and we will bring you the top five during Blindness Awareness Month, which is in October. 
we will take those five and put them in rotation and so that you, the listener, can choose which one you think should be the new opening and closing of Talking Blind. Once you have written to me and emailed me or texted me or uh, Facebooked me and let me know which one you think is the best one, then we're going to take that winner and I'm going to announce that person during my birthday episode, which will be in December. And then on out, that person's new intro and closing will be the way Talking Blind starts and closes in the year 2021. I look forward to finding out what you think Talking Blind is all about and how you think I should start off and close. So please, again, send those one minute, a minute and a half entries to TalkingBlind2020 at gmail.com no later than September the 1st. I look forward to hearing what you come up with. I thank you for joining me today. I hope you've enjoyed that episode. I would like to uh, thank you for sharing this podcast. Uh, please continue to share it on your social media platforms as well as with your friends and family. And I appreciate the listenership uh, sponsors. And if you're interested in sponsoring me, please click the Uh, sponsorship button that should be at the top of the page if not uh, you can send me an email at talkingblind2020 at gmail.com I really appreciate you I hope you're enjoying the content if you have any suggestions or if you want to share your story you can always click on the voice messaging um, on your podcast leave me a voice message and I will insert that directly into one of my podcast episodes or you can send me a audio clip to talkingblind2020 at gmail.com and I really look forward to hearing from you I'll talk to you soon bye-bye